Anatoly claims to have had a run-in with a cult, secret society, or spiritualist group when he was a teenager. This is when he would experience his first ghost, who inadvertently changed the course of his life. Through meeting Natasha Petrova in his dreams, he grew fascinated with necromancy, the occult, and all things related to death. But none of this has been proven to be true. If we can find evidence of practices like this in Russia, then we are one step closer to learning exactly what happened to Anatoly that fateful day. Was he really forced to marry a dead girl? Did he really encounter men and women gathered at her funeral wearing dark robes, singing songs in an unrecognizable language? Or were these all delusions of a young boy desperately needing the help his parents refused to give him? Probably that last one. I wouldn't jump to conclusions. I'd be surprised. The world is full of... What did I say in episode one? Mysterious things? I don't know, but I feel like it's definitely that last one. I feel like you definitely disassociated through all of these episodes. A little bit. Mm. I don't blame you. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Haunted Detective. Through my research, I discovered that Russia at the time was an atheist country, meaning no one was allowed to practice religion. That does not mean that what Anatoly witnessed was impossible, though. In order to fully understand the scope of possibility, we need to figure out just how Russia sank into atheism and what the local practices looked like beforehand. I mean, you know, uh, not the worst thing that could happen. It's not. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I mean, I'd choose that over Christofascism, but we don't have to get into it. Let's just say that uh, Stalin's push for socialism might surprise you. <laughs> it surprised me. So first, what exactly does the word occult mean? Occult really just means secret or hidden and is typically a taboo belief system. What do you think of when I say occult? Like a not black but deep purple navy colored robe and like circles and like drinking mysterious liquids out of things that are technically bowls. That may or may not be blood. Stuff. Stuff. Mysterious liquids out of things that may or may not be bowls or chalices of some sort. I wish I had a chalice. Oh, I thought we had one back there. Oh, you forgot that school. Oh, that's true. We can definitely get a chalice for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, think about it this way. Esoteric and mystic practices hidden from the prying eyes or the rest of society and operating in the shadows as they conjure hidden worlds. Like a gay bathhouse. <laughs> Same principle. I guess. Yeah. It is. No, it is. Have you been to one? Don't worry about it. Yeah. We'll talk about this later. Mm. The occult brings to mind secret societies and, as you said, robed rituals and sometimes rather macabre practices. For instance, medieval occultists were gatekeeping their practice because they believed that they had rights to a new world that magic could create that any traditional faith shouldn't have access to. Mm. And I very much use the term gatekeeping and inserted that in there because it's the most relatable nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) So this became relevant. We're going to get a little technical here. Okay. Um, Less spooky, more history. Okay. Which I I think is fascinating. You like history more than ghosts? Yeah, 100%. After the Eastern Orthodox Church was introduced into Russian culture, many people didn't take kindly to it or follow in its practice. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) While it had a stronghold on a rather isolated country, some people chose to defy religious law and stand strong in their own practices. Most famously, and I'm going to butcher 
the pronunciation of this because I could not find how to pronounce it. AKA I could not translate the pronunciation into my brain and out my mouth. <laughs> but the Dukabors, which is spelled D-O-U-K-H-O-B-O-R-S. That's probably close enough. It's close enough. I'm definitely the person that pronounced posthumous wrong in the first episode, so we're just going to breeze past it. Yeah, no, it's fine. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. No one's going to How would they know? No one would. Which translates to spirit wrestlers. Kind of brings to mind uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, which... Sorcery battle. (laughs) (laughs) Left the Orthodox Church in the early 18th century and were regarded as heretics. I'm not going to bore you guys with the details because I don't have a degree in religious studies and it's a rather complicated description of these people and b i'm unsure how to present this information in an articulate way i like spooky stuff okay and history and this is very textbook spooky history but they were sort of known as folk protestants they were mostly vegetarian and believed that the holy spirit existed inside of every person Mm. even though most of them migrated to canada it is still a testament to the need for religious freedom and the russian people fighting to practice what they wanted no matter the price of practice. Even the need to vacate a country, people will always find a way to validate their beliefs. Yeah, that's like uh, what this country was supposed to be founded on, I guess. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, there was a bunch of religious extremists who couldn't be as extreme as they wanted, so they went to another country where they could do that, and that has had no ramifications on their lives today. No, absolutely not. None whatsoever. Why would you think it did? I didn't. I said it doesn't. Oh, no, none. None. No. Mm. Yeah. It's important to look into those specific practices in order to figure out whether or not Anatoly actually had a run-in with the cult. Hmm. I personally think that it's terrifying that the USSR was under such strict control that people were literally persecuted for practicing religion. Yeah, what's that like? I wouldn't know. I don't think no one else does that. No. Yeah. Not here in the USA, for sure. Never judged for being Jewish. No no one's ever been judged for any religious practice of any sort in America ever at once at any time. And not now, certainly. No, definitely not ever. Definitely not. Especially not in 2023 when this episode is being recorded. God, no. It was a very traumatizing time for the people of Russia. And I don't want to negate the effects that generational trauma can have on a young boy. I would certainly know. I'm, I'm a young girl, but... yeah generational trauma exists it must have been confusing to witness what happened at natasha's funeral i honestly didn't even think about the implications that witnessing a religious or spiritual practice could have had on him yeah um yeah again don't know what that's like (laughs) we still need to dive into the different religious practices that were similar to the ones that anatoly witnessed in russia right before Stalin passed the atheism legislation. So the first one I want to discuss is Siberian shamanism. Mm -hmm. As to this day, it is still practiced in Russia. It is important to note that in 1922, Siberia became part of the USSR. And they definitely were not doing nuclear tests in Siberia. No, why would they do that? No, never. Russia's... They annexed it for different reasons. If I go missing, it's because of this episode. (laughs) Just saying. The word shaman was used by the Tungusic people in Siberia to vaguely describe their spiritual practitioners. It can best be compared to terms like witch doctor, healer, and psychic. 
Shamans were used to heal the sick, see the future, or be a vessel or bridge to connect the living world to the spiritual world. They could commune with the dead, guide them to the afterlife, ask them questions to garner knowledge. This is also very similar to what we discussed in previous episodes with mediums and paganism. But in their case, they believe that people have two souls. The first is their shadow soul, which can leave someone's body while they are sleeping or dreaming. The second is the breath soul that provides life to humans and animals. Oh, like astral projecting. Yeah, kind or of. Or like the place that everybody goes to when they take DMT. That too. Or like um, the world that Dalton and his dad go to in Insidious. Yeah, but mostly the DMT zone. Yes, absolutely. I don't know what that's like, but... Oh, yeah, no, me either. It was believed that one's life force dwells in bones, blood, and organs, and that these things can bring about the revival of new life. Meaning, keeping the body and bones safe was their highest priority. Mm. As well as protecting the soul's right to the afterlife. Shamans were really used as the primary doctors and healers, but as the Soviet Union became more religiously sealed by, you will never guess what religion, Christianity? Yep. They have a monopoly, so it was a pretty easy guess. Yeah. It was, it was casting a wide net there. It was like A, Christianity, B, Christianity, C, Christianity. Which yeah. one? <laughs> Shamans were disregarded. They were seen as crazy and either imprisoned, exiled, or in some cases killed. It's because of this that few authentic shamans remain. This was one of the many practices that grew in popularity during the early 20th century, before the atheist legislation was enacted, along with the other practices that we are going to talk about. This possibly has to be one of the weirdest religious groups mm. I have ever researched willingly, but the Clisties, possibly because of their... Not to, not to judge another culture, obviously, but... I guess I could say that they would be seen as taboo in most other cultures' mm -hmm. eyes uh, because of this and their insistence to practice. They probably survived the Iron Fist that Stalin enacted on Russia. Okay. So the Klisties separated from the Russian Orthodox Church in the 1600s and started practicing in secret. They existed until the late 20th century. Their name derives from a Greek word, which means one that purges. Okay. Followers of the Orthodox Church deemed these people heretics and did not agree with their way of worshipping or living. The Clisties believed that it was possible to communicate with the Holy Spirit, in quotes, directly by allowing themselves to practically be possessed by it. Each of their leaders were inhabited by the Spirit and known as a living God. But it was also part of their belief that in times of great joy or ecstasy, the Holy Spirit could come and choose any of them to inhabit. Okay. They had a very specific ritual to allow this to happen. Oh, boy. They would meet in the evening and take off their clothes so that they were only wearing undershirts or garments in the designated sacred space. Okay. The chant of Jesus would be said, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This is when some members would feel the Holy Spirit. Those practitioners would dance for hours until they could no longer move while singing, chanting, or prophesizing in gibberish. Oh, it's just evangelicalism. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Nothing ever changes. A little different, though, and we'll get there. 
To close the ceremony out, they would eat bread, nuts, and drink vas, a sort of sacrifice to the Holy Spirit. Oh, I thought it was the bo- the water that comes in the glass bottle. Oh, no. Oh, well. If anyone read the Shadow and Bone trilogy, um, you'll, you know Kvass very well. Kvassier? Huh? I think that's a champagne. <laughs> Maybe based on Kvass. <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot of liquids. Continue. <laughs> Name five right now. Well, I just, I just named two. Uh, Coca-Cola, uh, other types of Coke, like orange soda or like Sprite. Also this Coke. Fair. Okay. I'm from Georgia. (laughs) They're all Cokes. All the while, they would practice very intense abstinence and refrain from any type of indulgence. See, that's where they lost me. Yeah. I was, I was, I was on their team until that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I only indulge. I overindulge. Uh, in most things. Fair. So. Um, for those of you who don't know, abstinence means refraining from sexual activities. Losers. <laughs> they were allowed to marry, but it was seen as a sin to encourage even the married men to sleep with their wives. What was the point? That's a really good question. There's no point. I have questions, too. You gotta be tied to some broad and you don't even get to, like, smash? That's stupid. <laughs> What's the point? Smash or Pass. You don't get to choose either. You can't even pass. It's not an option. True. Because I guess, like, ecstasy could also be considered, like, making out with someone because it... Or even, like, good conversation. Like, what do you... They don't hug. They probably just, like, awkward shoulder pat. Along with this refrain from indulgence came the encouragement of pain. One of the more intense practices that they had was self-flagellation. This means that they very literally whipped, flogged, or physically abused themselves to obtain spiritual discipline. Yeah, no, I know what it means. I just feel like it's also a form of indulgence. So it seems a little... The shadow side. Huh, interesting. Yeah, unrelated. Flagellators were the reason why the Black Plague spread all over Europe, because they would get all they would get all full of pustules, and then they would hit themselves and bleed and pus and cough everywhere, and they were always traveling in bands, and that's how the Black Plague spread so far. And I just think it's weird that that plague was caused by religious extremism, and then the most recent plague that we had was also spread and caused by religious extremism, and I just think that time is a flat circle and nothing ever changes. Do-do-do-do, the more you know. Are we having an existential crisis today? I'm always having an existential crisis. That's my secret. It's I'm a... never not having an existential crisis. I'm always in a state of crises. Sometimes I wake up and I sit up in bed. I'm like, I'm going to die one day. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. This is my first waking thought every day. I matched with this guy on Hinge and he asked me what my opinion on death was. <laughs> and I was like, don't, and I was don't. Like, I said bad. Well, he he very specifically said, hey, Kelsey, what's your opinion on mortality? And I was like, not good. I need to put my phone down for three hours and cry now. (laughs) (laughs) So some of my sources also claim that they did this in order to prepare their bodies for the Holy Spirit to take over. Okay. The Holy Spirit really said, God damn, this body looks beaten to shit. It looks good as hell to inhabit right about now, though. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think they'd want to get their bodies in, like, peak physical condition, but I guess not. They didn't have CrossFit back then, so... Which means sex. No, I meant CrossFit, but... I mean, peak physical condition back then, you can do that through sex. Because the think, good not, hormones... No. Back you know? then, I don't think so. Oh. No. Maybe not. They weren't fucking good back then. <laughs> no way they were. <laughs> have they tried, uh, I don't know, getting good? Yeah, no. 
<laughs> to further the mystery here, there's also a cult in Finland that's, yes, still around that has garnered inspiration from the Klisties and Rasputin. So they worship Rasputin. Okay. It's called Kartoanism. It's the Kartoanism cult, and it's not much better than the practices of the Klisties. They, um... I'm sure Arkansas would love this. Uh-huh. They literally had children around the age of 10 as their preachers, hundreds of them. Um, but... I know you really want to talk about Rasputin. I mean, I don't not want to talk about him. <laughs> I would just like to say that every time I typed Rasputin into the Google Doc to write the script that I'm holding right now, mm-hmm. I changed it to Grigory Raspberry. I thought you'd think it would learn it after a while. I want to start this by saying that every picture of Rasputin has thoroughly creeped me out. Okay. I know that photography was different back then, but in almost every photo that I looked at of him, and I urge you to look it up on your stupid iPhone as I'm saying this, but like his eyes. Yeah, that's like the hottest part of him. What are you talking about? Eyes are his second best feature. Can we like insert a picture of this man right here, please? Can we like change just for this episode the cover image of the podcast (laughs) to just Rasputin? Yeah, if you want everyone gushing all over the place. Like the queen. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, I I have this whole thing written about his eyes, but mm. I guess we're just gonna move on. Um, he freaks me out. He, he just, creeps me out. He uses his eyes to hypnotize people. Clearly, they were good eyes. Oh, they glow. Yeah. In every picture I look at, like they're glowing. Hot. No. Hot. No. Hot. Anyways, the only thing we're we're gonna. We're going to move on from weird fetishes, not to kink shame or anything. I mean, he's just a man. He's a super hot man. I need to go take a shower. <laughs> Anyways, the only thing that we know about Grigory Rasputin's childhood are all claims that he made to support his story. Here's what we do know. He was born in January of 1869. Huh, nice. In a village along the Tora River in Siberia. A historian and expert on Rasputin named Douglas Smith has remarked on Rasputin's early life by saying that it's a quote black hole about which we know almost nothing. Let's fast forward to 1897 when he became invested in his spiritual journey and decided to go on a pilgrimage. Mm. Although some sources say that he left to escape a crime that he committed. Who's to say? It's possible that he actually stole someone's horse. Criminal? Magic Man? Griff's Crush? I mean, it's just a horse. It's just a horse. He stole it from a rich guy. Who cares? Like the equivalent of stealing someone's car nowadays. Victimless crime. He stole it from a rich guy, probably. Come on. He's a thief of the people. Sure. (laughs) During his travels and visits of churches, he discovered the Clisties. There is no evidence proving that his self-proclaimed awakening was linked to his discovery of them, but it is widely believed that it is. Mm. From this point on, he traveled around the empire and called himself a holy man and told people that he had supernatural powers, more notably healing abilities. By 1904, he had made it to the city of Kazan in Russia. There, he was known as someone who could help people with any spiritual problem they had going on, even though there were rumors that he was hooking up 
with his female followers, he was still highly respected by those who mattered. And then in 1905, he began to build a relationship with the notorious Romanov family, like from the movie Anastasia. Yeah. And Rasputin was the bad guy. Yeah. Did you think he was hot in that movie too? I've never watched it. You could look up a picture of him from the movie. I'm sure he's hot. I'll just take your word for it. I, I never said he was hot. No, I'm sure he is. Anyone who damned Rasputin for his sexual tirades were then practically exiled by the Tsar. Things took a turn for his fame when he was introduced to the Tsarevich Alexei Nikolaevich Romanov. He had hemophilia, which was a fatal disease at the time. Mm. It's a condition where your blood doesn't clot, meaning you have a tendency to bleed fatally internally or externally. Most people die of hemophilia by getting a minor injury and bleeding into their abdomen, joints, muscles, brain, or other vital organs. Bummer. <laughs> Guys, Griff is on is on another one today. I just feel like, you know, like, he just, just don't bump into stuff. <laughs> Have you ever just had random bruises appear on your body? No. I'm not clumsy. <laughs> oh, I just have ADHD. <laughs> I mean, same, but I don't bump into stuff. Good for you. <laughs> well, others simply bleed out spontaneously. Mm. In other words, the little Romanov was not expected to survive. That is, until he met Rasputin. Mm. Every time he suffered a minor injury and began to bleed profusely, the family would call upon Rasputin, who would, with his presence alone, make the bleeding stop, or so they claimed. The Romanovs thought of him as a prophet and magical man of sorts. But, 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 back then, doctors liked to use ibuprofen for yeah. everything. And ibuprofen is an anticoagulant. Yeah. So it would make the Romanov boy bleed even more. Yeah. So when Rasputin was around... They he wouldn't use that. He sent the doctors away. Yeah. So they wouldn't use the ibuprofen, which would make the bleeding worse because Rasputin sent them away. I mean... Seems like a net positive for Rasputin. It, yeah, more or less. More or less. I mean, at this time, Russia had a really big problem with people not trusting doctors. Yeah. Sound familiar? No, sounds not familiar anything that's ever happened in this country ever. Especially not in 2020 to 2023. No. I just feel like maybe he knew that and he was like, they're killing this kid with all that ibuprofen. Ibuprofen's really bad for you. Yeah. It's not good. It's very toxic in small doses. <laughs> it's weird that that's the one thing that we take so often. It'll just destroy your stomach. Yeah. Which, it, you know, I guess would be really bad if you had hemophilia, too. Yeah. But this fame soon turned to notoriety. In my opinion, being a religious idol was a dangerous thing back then. Or being an idol at all. Being famous yeah. or well-known. Very es much frowned upon. Especially when he was a horrifying slut. I think that he shouldn't be maligned for his sexual appetites. Do you think I'm kidding? You know I'm not kidding. <laughs> but some listeners might think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Gregory with the Riz. Okay. He, he... Oh, maybe he was really nice. Maybe he just looked into people's eyes when he talked to them, you know? You know that sound from Spongebob when you can hear the squeaking of his boots on the floor that's really great ambiance for uncomfortable silence? Uh-huh. That's the sound in my brain right now. Oh, well, I just think maybe he was just really nice and good at conversation and was well-traveled and had really cool stories to tell people and that that made them enamored with him. Who's to say? No one knows. 
None of us really know our uh, mythical fi- figures, so could have been anything. Oh, <laughs> could be anything. He also got caught up in a whirlwind of political toxicity during World War One. His relationship with the royal family also contributed to this. It seems as if most people, other than the Tsar, were alienated by his presence and the consul he provided the royal family. I think they were jealous. He's the reason they got killed. I think they were jealous. <laughs> <laughs> by 1916, Russia had already lost millions of people in the war and lost faith in the royal family. Hmm. As it is told, Rasputin became an enemy in the public eye and to the Russian aristocrats, and there were multiple attempts on his life. Sounds like there were multiple failures. Mm -hmm. Sounds like there were multiple failures. Well, there are different stories about what he did and didn't survive and what those failures were or weren't. One tells of him being poisoned but not dying due to a high concentration of garlic in his system. He looks like he smells like garlic. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) So um, the other speaks to a peasant stabbing him and Rasputin almost bleeding out, but miraculously surviving. All in all, sorry to break it to you. His death was not as dramatic as Yusupov's book claims. He was shot in the head. And well, you cannot survive that. No matter. usually kills people. Most usually. Usually. Much many times not all the time though not i mean usually usually even vampires die from that no only snakes can kill a vampire i think you can shoot them in the head no or chop their head off that's a werewolf i'm thinking supernatural that's silver bullet that's a werewolf like jensen ackles i never watched that they never included rasputin in supernatural seems like a seems like they should have yeah they should have as a teammate um, okay, so Yusupov dramatized the events because he was partially responsible for Rasputin's death. It is also said that <laughs> that Yusupov cut off Rasputin's dick and pickled it. Yeah, because it's huge. Everyone was like, whoa, it's so big. It's supposedly 12 inches. Yeah, everyone was like, it's huge. We've never seen one that big. And, um, and it needs to be reserved for posterity. Someone bought it in recent years. Yeah. Do you think they... <laughs> Do you think they pay taxes on it? No. I don't think you pay taxes on black market stuff. I just like to imagine that I they... I think the person who received the money had to pay taxes. I, I just, like, I really For good want to imagine that they wrote it off in their taxes and then wrote reason for write-off, religious penis. Yeah. It's like, uh, like the guy who bought Napoleon's dick. I mean, Rasputin had pretty crazy riz. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go call... <laughs> I'm going to call him Grigori with the Riz. I'm not Rizputin. That feels like Grigori, Grigori Rizputin. No, just Rizputin. Rizputin? Yeah. I want I want to make a t-shirt that says he was a horrifying slut. Mm-hmm. And then like under it, it can say Grigori with the Riz. And then on the back in big letters, like over his face, it can say Grigori Rizputin. Okay. I think that's a great idea. Do you think <laughs> Warner Brothers will let us do that? Absolutely not. Oh. Moving on from the topic of Rasputin, because I am thoroughly horrified by mm-hmm. where this conversation has gone. And I'm aroused. What are we talking about next? Is it as equally sexy, if not more? It is important to note, as we discuss the next topic, yeah. that there are almost no historical records of the Slavs before Christianity was adopted as a widespread faith. 
This is going to be the topic of Slavic paganism. Okay. Which I like this one. Okay. More than the last one. However, cults in Russia seem to have started with the forced disposal of paganism in the country. The Slavic pagans didn't record or write their past. It was spread through storytelling and word of mouth. This is what we would call oral history. Yeah. Although there are still some practitioners of the faith, song, festivals, and other customs can be witnessed to this day. The Slavs had two main gods that we know of, Perun and Velez. The mention of their names can be found in documents exchanged between the Byzantine emperors and Eastern Slavs requesting peace. Hmm. I guess the Byzantine Empire, like, had a lot of enemies. Yeah. A lot. That was, like, their main thing. Yeah. Because they kept, you know, conquering and enslaving people. Yeah. There was, like, a whole city discovered underground in the sky's basement, um... And it was, like, made to protect them from the wars of the Byzantine Empire. Oh, fun. And it, like, housed 20,000 people. Sick. Yeah. We should do that again. <laughs> Perun is the Slavic version of Thor or Zeus. Okay. He controls thunder and lightning. He was regarded as the leader of the world. Velez is most similar to Poseidon, as he is the ruler of water and earth. But... He is also the king of the underworld, and his place is to rule from below, as Perun's is from above. Okay. These godly positions, I guess you could call them, can be seen in depictions of the Tree of Life, when Perun is placed at the highest branch and Velez down under in the roots. Hmm. I'd be in the roots. What about the branches? I'm too photosensitive to be the trunk? in the in the Who's branches. The I don't like light. Who's the trunk? Who's the trunk? Yeah. They didn't really specify on that. Seems like a... Seems like an oversight. I feel like their power, like, spreads up and meets in the middle. Hmm. Starting in... Well, I guess, starting in the 7th century, paganism was expected to be eradicated to make room for... Greek stuff. Christianity. Roman stuff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, duh. I knew that. <laughs> duh, for Jesus Christ. Some peasants eventually accepted their new imposed faith, mm. but kept worshipping their ancestral ways through cult-like groups. Yeah. Christianity was not seen as a replacement, just another leg of their lore. Huh. Like how we have all of our holidays now. Maybe Jesus is the trunk. Jesus is the holidays that we made along the way. Mm. I mean, hey, with the power of friendship, anything's possible. <laughs> A lot of our favorite folklore can partially be traced back to them, and I wanted to talk about a few of these stories. You will definitely recognize some of them, and I think it would help us understand their beliefs, as these stories are a huge piece of the puzzle. Okay. Remember Hansel and Gretel? Yeah. Two kids wander into the woods and leave breadcrumbs to find their way back, but they stumble on an evil witch who's kind of fatphobic. Yeah, she's a hag, but yeah. yeah in disguise who ended up locking them in cages and attempts to fatten them up so that she could eat them yeah yeah that's baba yaga that makes sense she was referred to as an ogress or crone who in modern terms would be considered an evil witch who lived in a house with chicken legs as stilts that's cool her favorite meal was children that's cool much to our relief, she's apparently a feminist. That's cool. Like, there, there's a whole book written on how she's, like, a feminist icon in folklore. By eating kids? Um, well, so back then, women weren't really regarded in the highest light, as always. Um, and she is, like, the only female 
folklore woman, I guess, uh-huh. that is like strong and smart and cunning and um she just changed the narrative for yeah. evil women in folklore by d- absolutely destroying children yeah cool yeah She's feminist like icon <laughs> if i put it quite if i put it if i put it quite plainly give me them babies that's what she says in the song one time oh cool <laughs> um so it was yeah her cunningness and brains and cool. definitely not her eating children yeah no it's definitely not that she expected respect i guess you could say okay Kind of like Beyonce. Okay. Like Beyonce just kind of is there and you're like, wow, I respect the hell out of this woman. She doesn't yeah. have to do anything. It's an energy. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe. Commands respect. She had cool vibes. You might also recognize the name from John Wick or the DC comic Sandman. Studio Ghibli also used her story to shape the bathhouse proprietor and spirited away. Yeah. But the confusing element of her is that she holds the wicked witch and fairy godmother trope all at once. Yeah. So she's like not just evil. She's also like the fairy godmother. Bippity boppity boop motherfucker. Yeah, she can do both. Yeah. I mean, she's versatile. She's a woman. Yeah, she contains multitudes. Yeah. She's very deep character. Mm. Multifaceted. Yeah. Strong female character. I love that. She's literally a feminist. I'm going to put her on a shirt and say feminist icon. You're reading a lot of shirts today. I like shirts. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've worn the same three shirts to all recordings. Well, I thought you were going to say, I've noticed that. Have you noticed that I'm always wearing a shirt? And I was like, well, yeah, me too. Most people do. Yeah. Just not in the shower. I'd hope not. Yeah. No. Actually, sometimes. I really like shirts. <laughs> So, the Domovoy is another one that's very interesting. Okay. It's a familiar spirit that lives in someone's home. They cannot exist outside of the house itself and are only seen in very specific areas. They are regarded as protectors of the family and their money. Domovoys, I need a Domovoy to be like, hit me over the head with a broom and be like, do not buy those clothes. Don't do it. Yeah, I think we could all use one of those. Like, you do not need this thing off Amazon. You are in debt in your credit card. Don't do it. Yeah, we, we should all have one in our houses. Yeah, that's why I included it, because I was like, mm, they're onto something. That's one haunting I wouldn't mind. Yeah, same. <laughs> Domovoys love hardworking people, and they hate anyone or anything that disturbs the peace of the house. Mood. Specifically, annoying noises. Mood. It's the same. Cool, so they haunt, they shut the fuck up, they keep you from spending money, it sounds fine. Yeah, I honestly, I, I dig it. And same, I also hate annoying noises. Yeah. Have you ever heard of something called misophonia? Yes, I have that. Same! I, oh my god, what's your trigger? Uh, chewing. Same. Mouth noises, breathing, uh, clicks, high, high pitches. I hate low pitches, I like high pitches. I don't like high pitches. <clears throat> Like uh, this high pitch going on in this room right now? Yeah, I hate it. It's really bothering me. I'm so sorry. The noise of like, I can hear electronics yeah. really well and it pisses me off. Like the sound of like a computer being on, even though it's like, like when the computer is off, it still makes a noise and it pisses me off. I uh, can't do white noise. I can only do pink noise. What is that? It's higher pitch. <laughs> um, but I always, when I listen to Spotify, I mess with the EQ settings. Um, so I make the pitches higher. So fun fact, if you go on Spotify, you can make the pitches lower. I would never do that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) maybe I'm in the wrong career field. Maybe I should be a producer. Oh, no. Maybe we're Domovoys and we don't know it. (laughs) 
We're haunting no, Oni really Studios. Bad with money. Oh, fair. Same. I definitely did not need to buy 20 toys for my kitten on Amazon yesterday. No, you didn't. Yeah. But you did. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> One of their jobs is to keep certain traditions in place, and seeing the future is another. Mm-hmm. They relay visionistic information by singing, jumping, groaning, or crying. Okay. So imagine you're just like standing in your kitchen and suddenly you hear, that would probably keep me from checking out my Amazon cart, yeah. <laughs> so whether this news is good or bad, they always do the same stuff. Okay. So they could cry and it's good news. They could groan and it's bad news. Okay. They could dance and it's just like the most catastrophic thing. Like, oh, your mom died. Let me dance. Oh, they send mixed messages. Yes. Or your mom is going to die because it's usually of the future. Prophetic. Yes. Any family with a domovoy will not move out of their residence without inviting the spirit to follow them to wherever they end up okay so it's a consensual haunting okay huh okay you were gonna ask something well if it has to be in the house how does it move then if it has to be in the house and they can't leave a house that's a really good question i did not find specifics on that but i would assume that there are specific um rituals that you could perform to move the domovoy with you like one of you put it in like a was the thing uh, the was it a, a Dybbuk box? Oh, like the Jewish one? Yeah. Fun fact, completely made up. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe they have one for that. Maybe, maybe. Or just like a glass jar. They just... Home is where the Dybbuk is. Or, sorry, what's the thing called? Domovoy. Home is where the Domovoy is. Domovoy, domicile, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I, I feel like I make a lot of bad decisions and a lot of catastrophic things happen to me in my life. So mm-hmm. I would just be constantly hearing from my kitchen because oh. that's where they usually are. Yeah, instead of from your internal monologue. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So there are some other cool stories from Slavic paganism, like their very own vampire. And I would love to talk about the vampire, but we're not going to. Okay. Um, because these are two that interested me the most and quite frankly related to Anatoly's theme in life decisions, children and hauntings. Yeah. It's two favorite favorite things. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Eating kids and haunting houses. Yeah. Haunting his parents' houses. Mm, mm -hmm. Yep. Let me put this simply with the last couple of topics we discussed. Mm Mm-hmm. There was no boundary between science and magic. In Russia, they coexisted. The fact that spiritualism was such a strong facet of society in Russia before the widespread acceptance of Christianity and Orthodox beliefs only strengthens Anatoly's claim. It's also telling that cult-like practices can be found in Russian history as far back as the 7th century. Religion became a thing of the past in Russia for a very long time under Stalin's rule. Sick. By the 1920s, lasting until the 1940s, there were anti-religion campaigns happening in the country. By 1929, an anti-religion law would be passed and held into place until the 1970s. Not the worst idea. But why did this happen? Yeah, it was Stalin. Yep. Some credit Joseph Stalin's anti-religious legislation to his communist rule as he was a heavy follower of Marxism. Yosef was ahead of his time. Yeah. He did nothing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Marxism basically said that where religion starts, socialism ends. 
where religion ends, socialism starts. Yeah. So there is no room for religion in socialism. No. Yeah. That makes sense. I had something I mean, to say, it, but then it I makes it makes sense. Like you yeah. can't have something that's inherently individualistic in society. That's all about you know, equ- not equality, but like equity and sharing and caring about your fellow man. Actually, what is that? Don't know. Wouldn't know. Don't know what that's like. America twenty twenty three. We definitely know what that's we like. Love some individualism. Yeah, love it. Stalin actually grew up religious, but was kicked out of. Two seminary schools. I feel like that's redundant. Seminary is school, anyways. Religious schools. Yeah. For reading illegal religious texts. Like what? Did not specify. Okay. I I would guess that like something that was written out of the Bible or like some other religion religious text, like Jewish. Probably Jewish because they hated Jews over there. Yeah. At that time, after World War One. Don't we have the King James Bible? Because that guy wanted to like change it yeah yeah for like was it was it like it wasn't because he wanted a divorce but it was something like that anyway let's continue yeah we have um there are a lot of theologists intentional mistranslations well yeah but there are a lot of theologists who collected all the worst um stories in the bible and put them into the lost text of the bible uh like the book of lilith yeah i guess jesus loved killing children (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like literally he was like a, he was like a. what was the thing you said earlier that ate the ladies that ate the kids oh uh baba yaga yeah he was like the baba yaga in that way well um there's one story where like a little kid goes ah your tunic is so stupid and jesus cut his hand off oh well i mean we knew he like killed a kid by accident when he was a kid huh Jesus, like, kills a kid by accident when he's a kid. Oh, no, he killed many more kids like, on purpose. He, like, I think he pushed him off a roof, and he, like, died, and he didn't want to get in trouble, so he resurrected him. <laughs> and I just think that's a fun, cool story that is in the Bible. Yeah, instead of, you know, um, being responsible for your actions, yeah. just magically hide <laughs> your crimes. Well, Jesus was a Capricorn, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a Cancer, so what? <laughs> that means you're very compatible with Jesus. <laughs> It does. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, um, we're gonna move on. Okay. We're gonna move on. I mean, we're both Jewish, so yeah, equally. So, <laughs> because of this, when he took control, Russia turned into an atheist country. Sick. Places of worship like churches, synagogues, and mosques were turned into museums. Sick. <laughs> where holy items were put on display. To be ogled at by spectators. That's awesome. That's way better than, I don't know, burning them down and ransacking them because they go against your beliefs. Mm, good point. In 1939, there were only 200 churches open, as opposed to like the 39,000 that were originally open. That's way too many anyway. And no one was practicing like Orthodox Christianity or Catholicism, whatever. I don't know very much about Christianity. Yeah, you Yeah. Did you? that's the proper way to say it why are you laughing (laughs) well religion was (laughs) sorry that's how you're supposed to say it while religion was never officially made illegal people were still supposedly persecuted and killed for practicing I mean that seems excessive yeah um it was a very dark time in Russia. Mm. 
I guess, supposedly. Um, but I don't know. To me, people have always found a way to black market shit, you yeah. know? Whether that's, you know, religion, guns. Socialism. etc. There's always a way to do things in secret. Yeah. And so a lot of people might be listening to this and saying, oh, religion was illegal, so what Anatoly witnessed was impossible. No. I think it definitely That's was what possible. Cult means, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. So I I don't know. I feel like anything can be a cult, even Christianity. This is true. If it's made illegal, I guess. Or secret. Or whatever, yeah. If you have to do it on the low. That I, makes it a cult. I think it I think it almost adds to his story because Anatoly was a is a literal genius. Like like this man is genius, yeah. which might be why he's so crazy. Yeah. But he would know when telling his story that religion was illegal at the time. He wouldn't be so dumb as to include a story in his past about a secret religious practice. At a time that religion wasn't happening. Yeah. It's like the dog ate my homework excuse. Or yeah, as you don't I've, have a dog. Or as I heard it, a crocodile ate my phone, which is why I ghosted you for four weeks. I didn't know that you were dating an Australian. No. No, he was a Marine. I didn't know that you were dating a Floridian. He he was a Marine and he was stationed in Australia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, It's like one of those things where it's like, okay, this is so wild that why would you make it up? You know? Yeah. Like anyone who says a do- the dog ate my homework as a legitimate excuse. Well, I mean, if you have a dog, you know that that's fucking possible. Yeah. If you have a dog, you've had that happen. You've had, you've had your dog eat something that no one would believe you ate. <laughs> they ate. They would be like, you made this up. And it's like, but if you're a dog owner, you're like, no, that seems highly plausible. My dog eats mud. So it's a nice little snack. My dog eats, my dog likes to eat, just lick dirt. <laughs> My dog tries to eat cat shit all the time. Like, dogs will consume anything. My dog tried to consume my friend's $400 glasses. My dog tried to eat a ball of aluminum foil yesterday. (laughs) That doesn't even taste good, and I imagine it hurts. Anyways, my point is that I don't think Anatoly would have made this up. No. But, with that being said... Uh. As someone who believes in ghosts Uh and the paranormal, I think it's only responsible to not discount everything as paranormal, right? Uh So I want to, next episode, talk more about his psychological evaluation when he was arrested, Uh a little more about his past that could provide context to that diagnosis that was made. So I feel like you're going to enjoy next episode a lot more than the previous ones because it's a lot more grounded. Oh, thank God. Finally. I think a big thing in true crime and just paranormal stuff in general is to always ask yourself, okay, what is my environment? Is uh-huh. there mold? Which in his apartment there probably was because there's bodies. Probably, yeah. Um, is there a CO2 issue? Am I having some sort of psychological issue? Before... 80% of hauntings are, are carbon monoxide based. Yeah. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's just people having slow carbon monoxide leaks. I have a very good friend on TikTok, uh, Scotty the Medium. Shout out to him. Very great medium. And he, before going public with saying that he is a medium and trying to help people, he's been hired by families as like a private investigator. Yeah. He's found bodies before. Like, oh. legit guy. Um, He got a psychological evaluation. He got an MRI. He oh. got neuropsych testing. Oh. He put a CO2 detector in his house. Mm-hmm. 
tested for mold, all of that stuff. <laughs> so I always say, not saying anyone is crazy for yeah. being haunted. No. But psychology is important. Yeah. And getting yourself mentally checked is always important. Oh, yeah. Ghost or not. <laughs> so I'm excited for next episode. I think that it's really going to bring this story and this investigation full circle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I'm, uh, I'm actually excited about the next one. You were excited for Rasputin, too. Well, yeah, but, like, you know, more excited for these two than the spooky episodes, mm. than the spooky gross episodes. I will always say, and I will always requote this, when I texted Griff and I said, hey, you want to do a podcast about ghosts? Griff goes, yeah, let's get spooky. Well, I was under the impression that you were going to have, like, a different guest every episode. <laughs> so I thought this was, like, a one-time spooky sesh. No, no. Okay. Yeah, no. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, your face is there. Well, yeah, now, but I didn't I didn't know that before. No, now you're everyone's favorite. I thought it was going to be like a like a like a like a like a monster of the week, but the monster is just a different podcaster that you invited. Well, it's funny that you should bring that up. Why? Cuz I am doing I am going to be releasing YouTube videos if they're not already released by the time this video this podcast episode comes out where i bring in a new guest every time oh cool and it's not as much a digital campfire as it is a real campfire oh sick or a fire pit or wherever we end up doing it so stay (laughs) tuned for that too cool i'm not gonna do that one no that's too spooky i torture you enough that's too spooky torture you enough i scared i scary um but yeah let's close the case file on anatoly today Thank you so much, Oni, for letting us record in your studio and lending us the space for the next couple seasons. Yeah, it's really nice. It is. It's. I like these couches. It's very good. Very comfy. Very comfortable. Very cozy. And if you haven't already, in an effort to further thank Oni, check out Cypher PK's channels on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok. Yeah. And play Fortnite because he's in it. He is the Fortnite guy. He's he's in it as a playable character. <laughs> you can literally be Cypher PK That's cool. in Fortnite. That's really cool. But hey, guys, until next time, don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, etc. on all of our channels because we're cool. And if you don't do it, we might cry because I'm sensitive. I will cry, but for unrelated reasons. <laughs> oh, uh, and we are going to close the case file for Anatoly today, but I will see you guys back next week for our psychology episode. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah.